So uh, a person from our church I was talking to recently, and they shared how they were at an event not far from here, and there was a speaker, and they were sharing a lot of good things, but one of the things that they said when they were speaking is that God only speaks through his word. God only speaks through his word. Well, what do you think about that? I mean, on the one hand, it sounds kind of safe, you know? Uh, and, and I share that this morning because you've probably heard that. Uh, that's kind of a, a somewhat popular idea. But where does it come from? Well, if they're saying that God only speaks through his word, you would think that would come from his word, right? Well, let's, let's look this morning. What does his word say about that? Does God only speak through his word? There's a couple of scriptures I want to look at this morning. We're going to get to uh, Acts 16. Um, but before that, there's, there's a few others I want to look at. One of the first ones is 2 Timothy 3.16. Um, and that's a common verse that some of you will be familiar with. That, that scripture declares something about itself here. It says, all scripture is inspired by God. All scripture is inspired by God. And so what that's saying is, is that even though these books of the Bible are written by different authors, it's inspired by God. What that means is, is that, you know, they are writing um, according to their language, according to, you know, they're, they're speaking through language that they understand, but it's inspired by God, which is to say he is speaking through them. And so in that, I got to tell you that sometimes the author doesn't even understand fully what he's saying because it's inspired by God. I mean, Scripture even talks about that when we pray. At times, the Spirit can pray through us in a way we don't even understand what we're praying. And so right here it declares that Scripture is inspired by God. Then it goes on and it says, It's useful to teach us what is true and make us realize what is wrong with our lives. It's one of the reasons that, that we stress reading Scripture because we're able to see what's wrong in our lives. Is there something wrong in your life? Yes! Emphatically, yes, there's something wrong in your life right now. There are things wrong in my life right now. And some of it I know. And some of it I don't. God continues to give me revelation. But that's why I continue to feast upon the Word. Reading the Word over and over and over again. You know, recently a friend of mine invited a number of people to read through the Bible, not in a year. You hear that a lot, right? No, this was 90 days. And at first I was like, whoa, that's intense. But then what they said was, you know, that amounts to about 45 minutes to an hour a day of reading. You know, we talk about tithing our money. What about tithing our time to God? I mean, when you think about the, the whole of your day, that's really not that much. But what happens is exactly what Stephanie was talking about earlier. And I, I tell you what, that was really speaking to me because that's right where I'm at. 
I've added a lot of good things in my life. A lot of good things. But those good things are choking out some of the best things. Now, I'm in the Word, okay? But I could be spending more time with the Lord, hearing from Him, but I'm running at such a frantic pace that I believe that it gets in the way. So it's one of the reasons we want to go to the Word because the Word constantly points out things to us that are wrong with our lives. It then says it corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. So we always want to go back to the Word. So if we believe that we are hearing something from God, we always want to go to the Word and say, does this correlate with the Word of God? If it goes against the Word of God, I don't care what you feel. I, I mean, Scripture declare, Paul talks about this. I don't care if an angel appears to you. Literally. An angelic being appears to you and says something and you're like, that was God. If it goes against the Word of God, you know what that was? That was a satanic being is what that was. So no matter what we feel, no matter what happens, it has to go back to the Word of God. If it goes against the Word of God, we can know that it's wrong. One more scripture I want to look at. Hebrews 4.12. Hebrews 4.12. Once again, the Word of God is talking about itself here. And it says, For the Word of God is alive and powerful. It's sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword, Cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow. It exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. That's why it's so good to read the Word of God, because here's what can happen. You can be thinking that your thoughts are totally pure. I mean, I, I, this is just the one that comes back to me. I know I've mentioned it before, but you know, for so long, I just wanted to preach to large audiences because I want to bring the Word of God to as many people as I can get it to. But one of the things that God exposed in my heart is that part of that was just about me. Kirk wants some glory. I mean, that's, that's a, but you know what? That's all of our flesh. All of our flesh wants glory. And we will find ways to get it. But as we're reading in the Word, that stuff can be exposed to us. And then what can happen is we can go against it. So the Word of God, it's true. It's not just true. It's living. It's active. It's powerful. We want to be continually feasting upon the Word of God. But does God ever speak outside of that? I mean, can I just go to God and, and ask Him something and He's going to speak outside of that? Well, one of the scriptures I want to go to is Acts 16, verses 6 through 10. Acts 16, verses 6 through 10. And here's the context. So you've got Paul um, out on a mission trip. Okay, this is the Apostle Paul. Um, he's been instructed, along with every believer, along with every person that follows the Lord, take this message and go out. Don't just preach it to you know, the people close to you, but, but go to the ends of the earth. Take this word, go everywhere. Now, what do we do with that? Do we map out a plan and decide what we're going to do? Well, let's see what Paul does. Verse 6, 
It says, next Paul and Silas traveled through the area of Phrygia and Galatia because the Holy Spirit had prevented them from preaching the word in the province of Asia at that time. I want you to notice that, at that time. What's, what's going on there? We don't know. It doesn't tell us. But here's what's happening. God is speaking to Paul and he has not declared in his word, I do not want the word to go to Asia. No, you're not going to find that in the word. The word said the opposite. I want it to go everywhere. But right now, at this time, the Holy Spirit is saying, Paul, don't go there. Why? Because he's got somewhere different he wants him to go at this time. Again, we're not told why exactly, but it probably has something to do with uh, how uh, hearts are prepared in this other area at this time, and maybe these hearts aren't quite ready. I, I, I don't know, but God's got His reasons. And so in your life, I want you to hear this. God cares about the little details. He cares about where you go and when you go there. Uh, he cares about what job you're going to take, who you're going to spend your time with, what club you're going to join. He cares about all of those things. And if you will ask Him, He will give you direction. Now, how's He going to give you direction? Do you have to go to the Word of God and the Word of God is going to say, um, you know, Joe, I want you to take the job over in McLeansboro. It's not going to say that. Now, you could be reading the Word of God and, and you know, God could somehow speak through that. I, I mean, he, he can speak however He wants. I mean, when we go to the Word of God, we see all kinds of ways that the Word of God speaks. I mean, God speaks through dreams and visions. He'll speak through other people prophesying, you know. All of a sudden, they're like, God's told me this is what needs to happen. And you're like... Holy cow, I've been, I've been feeling that, but I just, I needed something. Um, sometimes we, you know, we can be like Gideon and be like, okay, God, if you're saying this, would you, would you, would you do this just to show me that this is you? And I'm not, you know, it's, it's actually you. Sometimes God speaks through that way. God can speak through a number of different ways, but nowhere in the word does it say you have to be reading the word as God speaks to you. That is not the case. And it's not the case that we see right here. We see Paul taking, doing what God told him, but it says the Holy Spirit prevented. How did the Holy Spirit prevent? We don't know. Maybe it's a little nudging inside. I, I, we don't know. We just know the Holy Spirit cared about this, and the Holy Spirit said, nope, not now. Well, and we're going to find out how this goes on. Verse 7. Then coming to the borders of Mysia, they headed north for the province of Bithynia. But again, the Spirit of Jesus did not allow them to go there. So instead, they went on through Mysia to the seaport of Troas. So right now, they actually don't even know where they're going. It's just that they're walking this way and the Holy Spirit says, Nope! Okay, then they go this way and the Holy Spirit says, Nope! You're like, Hmm... Sometimes you're going to feel like that in your life. You're going to be like, where am I going? And you don't know. You just know that the Lord said, no here and no here. Where are you going? Well, eventually the Lord's going to, going to share that as we read on down. Verse 9. That night, 
Paul had a vision. A man from Macedonia in northern Greece was standing there pleading with him, come over to Macedonia and help us. So we decided to leave Macedonia at once, having concluded that God was calling us to preach the good news there. Why? We don't know. We just know that God cared about where he was preaching at that time, and he gave him direction. Now, in this instance, we see it was a vision. Before that, it doesn't mention anything about a vision. It just says that's the way the Holy Spirit was leading. So, how do we apply this? God cares about the details. Maybe he's given you general direction. God gives us direction in the word. We know general directions that we want to go. But how does it play out in your life specifically? Only God can share that. But you know what? You need to be asking, asking the right questions. You know, what John was talking about there earlier, we can get caught up in asking the wrong questions such as why. And we're sitting there and, 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 and we're just, why God, why God, why God? And because we're so focused on why God, we never ask, God, what are you trying to do in me right now? Which is the most important thing. That's the thing that you need to know. You don't necessarily need to know all the whys because you may not even be able to comprehend all the whys if God were to tell you. But you know what? God is trying to do something inside of you. And so if you say to God, God, what are you trying to do in me right now? What kind of a response are you looking for? That's something that you can do something with. And God can begin to shape you. But when we have false ideas, such as the idea that, oh, God only speaks through his word. Therefore, I can't ask him what job I'm supposed to take or, you know, who I'm supposed to be with and spend my time with. Well, what happens is we don't ask. We just assume, you know what, God must just, you know, have enough trust in me that, uh, that I can just go and make the best decision and I can trust that that's what God was leading. Well, listen, that didn't work for the Apostle Paul, so why would I think that that would work for me? Because the Apostle Paul thought he was supposed to go to this direction. That's why the Holy Spirit had to reroute him, because he thought this was the best direction. So, first of all, we want to be asking the Lord. Another scripture I want to share with you comes out of James. James 1.5 says this, If you need wisdom, ask our generous God and he will give it to you. He will not rebuke you for asking. Now, what's wisdom? Wisdom is the application of knowledge. We've got all kinds of knowledge uh, at our fingertips in, in this day and age. I, I mean, you just, you know, Google it, right? And you can learn all kinds of things. But you can't get wisdom in Google. You can't get wisdom. You can be given all kinds of knowledge. I, I, I mean, uh, I, I mean, uh, you know, I, I'm thinking about John right now, okay? So John's a veterinarian, okay? And sometimes he starts talking gibberish to me. You know, he goes into this other language, and my eyes just kind of glass over. And I'm like, 
So I should feed this pill to my animal? Is that what you're saying? I, I mean, I, I, don't, I don't understand what he's talking about. Now, he's given me the knowledge, right? He's given me the words, but I don't have the wisdom to apply what in the world he's saying. Well, you know what? You can go to the Word, and you can get all kinds of knowledge. How do you apply that? Well, you need to hear directly from God as to how to apply that. But once again, it, it, you're not going to ask if you don't understand that. And that's one of the reasons that James is saying this. If you lack wisdom, ask God. But what happens is this. What happens is, is that people come up with statements like this that sound good, they sound holy, God only speaks through the Word. But you know where that's coming from? It's not coming from the Word. It's a contradiction. <laughs> they're saying that God only speaks through His Word, but yet they're giving you a, a, a statement that didn't come from the Word. Where did it come from? It comes out of fear. Because here's the deal. If you've been walking with the Lord long enough or you've lived enough life, you have come across a number of people who have said, God's telling me to go do this. And you're looking at them like, there ain't no way God is telling you that. Oh, yes, he is. We prayed about it, and this is what God is telling me. I mean, as a pastor, I get so sick of hearing it. And I get it. You know, you get so sick of hearing that stuff and seeing people make dumb decisions that you just want to be like, you know what? God doesn't even speak it that way anymore. He only speaks through your word or maybe your pastor. I guess I could do that one. That'd be a good one. I can just tell you what to do, you know? I, I get it. But you know what? <laughs> that's not what God declared. And that's actually not even going to help people anyway because what that does is they just stop seeking the God and they're going to do whatever they want anyway. The danger is this. The danger is, is that we, we don't go to the Word, okay? And what we do is we start trying to shape God into our desires. So, you know, I'm, I'm praying, God, should I do this? Well, inside I'm like, I really want to do this. And so I start making up ways uh, that, 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 that declare that, yes, God wants me to do this, whatever it is. I mean, maybe I even have a dream. You ever want something so bad that you start dreaming about it? And then you're like, this must be God telling me I'm supposed to go do that. How do we combat that stuff? Well, one of the ways is that we go to the Word, but you know what? The Scripture even talks about other ways. And I want to look at that too. Um, in Acts chapter 15, just, just right before 16 that we were just in, there's another instance here. Um, Acts chapter 15. So here's what's going on in Acts chapter 15. There's some people that, that show up. I'm going to read verse 1. It says, Barnabas, Paul and Barnabas were at Antioch of Syria. Some men from Judea arrived and began to teach the believers. Unless you are circumcised as required by the law of Moses, you cannot be saved. And then it says, Paul and Barnabas disagreed with them, arguing vehemently. Finally, the church decided to send Paul and Barnabas to Jerusalem, accompanied by some believers, to talk to the apostles and elders about this question. Now, this is a theological question. Why didn't they just go to the Word and see what the Word said? 
Because like so many things, the Word doesn't always give us a definite on certain things like this. Well, you had the Apostle Paul. Why didn't you just ask the Apostle Paul, what do we do? Well, even the Apostle Paul went and gathered with other believers, other leaders, and they sought the Lord together to find out, Lord, what should we do here? Then I want you to notice on down their response. I'm, I'm, I, I don't have time to go all through this, but I'm going to go all the way down to verse 28. And, and what happens is they come together, they seek the Lord, they form a response, and here's what was written in the response in verse 28. For it seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us to lay no greater burden on you than these few requirements. And then they go in to what these requirements were. So you had the Apostle Paul. You know, he didn't just go, I'm the Apostle here, I will go ask God and I will declare to you what we are to do. No, he didn't do that. He gathered with other believers, they sought the Lord, and then notice the response. It seemed good to us and the Holy Spirit. So they're asking, God, what, what should we focus on here? What kind of response should we give to these people? And they come to a response. But you know what? Uh, sometimes we get locked up in pride and we're like, oh, I can hear from God. I don't need, I don't need anybody else. I, I hear from God. Well, if anybody could have said that, it was Paul. He was caught up into the third heaven, okay? I mean, the guy had all kinds of crazy experiences with God. He could have just said, I'm going to declare what, what's right here. But no, he gathered with other believers. Why did he do that? Because all of us can be deceived. So how do we combat uh, that, that, that weakness, that, that possibility that all, all of us can be deceived? You know what we do? We get with other people. We get with other people, trusted people. Now, they didn't just gather with anybody. They gathered with the, 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 the other leaders in the church at that time. And they began to pray together. So, if you have something, and it's a serious question, and you really want to know, get some other people that you trust and say to them, would you pray about this with me? Would you pray about this with me? I, I've had a number of people do that with me. I've done that with others. When it comes down to serious Decisions, you don't want to make decisions based on just your desires. If you really want to seek God, this is how you do it. Will God answer? Yes. Again in James, it says, if you want wisdom, ask God. So I want you to think about it right now. What are some things where you need some answers? And I want to ask you some questions. Have you asked God about it? Are you searching His Word to make sure that, that you know, whatever conclusion you come to is in align with that? Have you asked other people to pray with you? Because when I have my heart set on a certain decision, that's when I don't want to ask people. Because <laughs> I want to do what I want to do, and I don't want them telling me something different. And I get the temptation. But you know what i found? The end result is never worth it. It's, it's never worth it. Because what ends up happening is I end up seeking my flesh. And, and, and here's the thing. And whenever I seek my flesh and I, I, I put God's stamp of approval on it, it hurts other people too. 
It always ends badly for me, but it hurts other people. Especially, you know, maybe somebody who's new in their faith, weak in their faith, they don't know the Lord, and I'm over here saying, I'm following God, and in reality, I'm just, I'm, I'm going after my flesh, and they're like, huh, that doesn't make a lot of sense to me. It doesn't really look like a, a godly thing that, that's happening here. And when I look at the fruit, the fruit doesn't look good. So does God still speak? <laughs> Absolutely. I, I mean, think about in the Old Testament. Think about uh, the things that God cared about. I mean, when Joshua, when God, Joshua was leading the people and they were to go to conquer this land, God had already told them, go do this. But you know what? After that, they didn't just march over and say, all right, God said do this. We can do whatever we want. He's going to make it happen. No, he's like, all right, I want you to march around this place for six days, okay? And then after that, I want you to, you know, march around this many times. I want you to blow the ram's horn. He lays out exactly what they were to do. And then after that, they started, you know, uh, seeing God move. And they, they get caught up and they think they can depend on themselves. And some people come to them and say, hey, we live far away. Would you make a treaty with us? And they were lying. But you know what? They didn't seek the Lord. They're just like, uh, you know, we got this. This is a simple thing. We don't even need to seek the Lord on this. And it cost them big time. God cares about the way that you're going about things. Even if it's something that he's declared you're supposed to do, he cares about the way that you go about it. We're reading through 1 Samuel right now in my life group. And we're learning all about David. God took so many years to train David to learn to ask God for every little thing and not act out of fear, but act out of faith. God, do you want me to go do this? Okay. God, how do you want me to go do this? Who's to be involved? It, you see that throughout the Old Testament. And as Stephanie declared earlier, God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That has not changed. God is the same God. He wants you asking Him. He is able to speak to you directly through His Spirit. Now you got to be, but, but I'll, going back to that James, you got to be centered on Him and you got to be walking in faith. Okay, that, That's how we hear from Him. But God wants to speak to you. He wants to speak to you, but, but He also wants you to humble yourself. Go before the Word. Don't be chasing things that go against the Word. Bring others into it. Have them pray with you. If you really want to hear from God, God will speak to you, okay? He's able to speak to you. And I'm sorry that there are others saying otherwise, but it's, 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 it's just simply not true. They are deceived, okay? And, and it's, it's hurting them. It's hurting their walk with the Lord. God wants to speak to you. You've got things in your life right now. You know what they are. Internally, you know. You're wrestling with them. God wants to speak into that. Look to His Word, okay? Ask Him. Have others pray with you. Father, thank You.